All persons of the Trinity are here, yet all are performing different roles. All are fully and completely God, yet they are not the same. All persons are God, they are equal, affirmation number three, but they are not all identical, affirmation number four. Notice here too, this is the astounding beauty of God's design, which will flush out more. The unity found in the Trinity, but the distinction found in the Trinity as well. The example that God in his essence sets before us, perfect equality yet within diversity. Well, today, our understanding of glorious doctrine stretches our minds to know God and therefore love God even more. It's about the amazing concept of the Trinity. One God, three persons, all equal yet not the same. It's a beautiful and powerful lesson about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and how in perfect harmony they have been for eternity. Not an easy discussion for us today here on Living the Light. Not an easy one for us to wrap our minds around, but a hugely important one nonetheless. Well, may God stretch our minds here today, and may he lead us in this truth right now. Let's jump right into today's teaching, and here's Pastor Robbie. And from a New Testament perspective, what David was really saying is, God the Father says to God the Son, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. God the Father speaking to God the Son. Again, it's very clear. And Jesus himself uses this to point out his arguments against those who would try to reject him. Now, there are more Old Testament examples I can give, but here's what I want to do right now. What the Old Testament is giving a glimpse of, the New Testament paints in a full, beautiful picture regarding the doctrine of the Trinity, of one God existing in three persons. And probably the best uh, passage we could point to regarding this one God in three persons is found in the baptism of Jesus, which is in Matthew chapter three. I like the effort though, good try. All right, Matthew, Matthew chapter three, all right? And let's turn there together. You gotta turn, you gotta turn. Matthew chapter three, a great place to make more notes at. Underline in your Bible, Matthew chapter three. Now, now remember, one God eternally existing in three persons. As we read this together, notice the obvious, notice the beauty, notice the doctrine. And hopefully you could open up this text and show someone what is obvious here. So Jesus comes from Galilee to Jordan, be baptized by John. John's like, why should I be baptize you? Jesus says to fill all righteousness. Then verse 16, okay? Okay, get your Trinity hats on here or thinking on. And when Jesus was baptized, John 3, John, Matthew 3, 16, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is such a beautiful moment, right? It's like, here you have God the Son being anointed, 
Here you have God the Spirit descending and God the Father, he can't be left out. So God the Father pipes in and says, this is my beloved son, which has to be God the Father, of course, then, with whom I am well pleased. So in light of our doctrine today, isn't that exciting? You need to say yes, like you really do, all right? Because if we're theologians who love our God, if you're seeing this for the first time or maybe in a long time, you're like, wow, that is, that is amazing. One God, but existing in three persons right here, all functioning together in unity and diversity. Notice here too, so again, the son being anointed, the spirit ascending, the father declaring. Notice how this also confirms our fourth affirmation as well. I just wanna make sure we point this out. All persons of the Trinity are here, yet all are performing different roles. All are fully and completely God, yet they are not the same. All persons are God, they are equal, affirmation number three, but they are not all identical, affirmation number four. Notice here too, this is the astounding beauty of God's design, which will flush out more. The unity found in the Trinity, but the distinction found in the Trinity as well. The example that God in his essence sets before us, perfect equality yet within diversity. Think about that. Unity within diversity. The very word Trinity means tri-unity. Unity, oneness among three uh, different uh, persons yet equaling one God. We see equality yet distinction. We've seen unity, which is a powerful, again, beautiful picture. Matthew chapter three is a passage you must know that you can open up and say one God, but here are the three persons found within the Trinity, really in front of anyone there could see that, how awesome that must be. Here are some more New Testament examples. Second Corinthians 13, um, the grace of the Lord, Je- see the Trinity in these verses. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. See that right there? There's the Trinity right there, the grace of Jesus Christ, God the Son, the love of God, God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit be with you all. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, see the Trinity in these verses. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, God the Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord, Jesus Christ. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God, God the Father, who empowers them all in everyone. Think that's there by chance? Ah, uh, no. Uh, that is there. What Paul is doing is being led by the Holy Spirit and the errancy of inspiration of Scripture to show us the beauty of the Trinity working within the body of Christ. And then finally, I could do more, but here's Matthew 28. Here's the Great Commission. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Now, just a little baptism plug. Um, do you know Jesus Christ? You've been sa- you know you've been saved and you have not yet been baptized. You are living in disobedience to this command. But you can fix that in a hurry by deciding that I'm gonna stand up, I'm gonna declare to the Lord and declare to our listening that he has saved my life. He has given me literally life over death. I gotta tell someone about that and I'm gonna do it the way Jesus said by being baptized. And notice how people are baptized, baptizing them in the Trinity in the name of the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, so, so that's not there by accident as well. 
That's the beauty of the Trinity found, again, within diversity in the community of the church. It's incredible. What a beautiful doctrine. One God eternally existing in three persons. Is your head hurting yet? Good, good. That's, that's goal accomplished then. All right, what I want to do now is I want to combine affirmation three and four together. I'll say it this way. Um, these persons are fully equal, but they're not identical. So one God, three persons, they are all equal. They are all God, but they are not identical. Here's a great summary of the distinction of the roles within the Trinity. What we're doing now is we're saying one God, three persons, and now we want to do, but let's notice how they are not the same, yet they are all fully God. Here's a great sentence, a quick, uh, small sentence in summary. I'd write this down if I were you for future learning. The Father plans... The Son executes and the Spirit applies. I'll say that again. So the roles within the Trinity, the Father plans or sends, the Son executes that plan and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit applies that plan. I just want you to think about that. I want you to Meditate on that truth a little bit and I will flush this out for us. So think about it this way. All three persons in the Trinity have existed eternally. The Son of God was not created. The Holy Spirit was not created by the Father. They are one God. Therefore, they have always eternally existed. Uh, John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the, the Word. Capital W, Word. Who is the word in John chapter one, verse one? Jesus. Why is it Jesus? Because it's logos. It's, it's the definition. It's the revelation. It's the expression of God himself. In Hebrews one, it says, in the past, God has spoken by the prophets, but now he has spoken to us by his son. If I want to reveal to you who I am, at some point I must speak to communicate what's within I must communicate to you in some form to let you know the character that resides within me. When God wanted to reveal himself to us, he communicates to us through the expression and the word, capital W, word of his son. Jesus Christ becomes the definition, the revelation, the expression of God, the logos given to us in the Son of God. It's incredibly wonderful, beautiful, and astounding. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So just think about what that says right there, okay? You want to deny that Jesus Christ is God? Well, you are up against a massive obstacle right away in John 1 verse 1. Jesus Christ was with God in the beginning. He has eternally existed with God. And Jesus Christ is God. And the word was God. And just in case you missed it in verse 1, the author circles back, John does in verse 2, and says, he... Not, not a piece of paper. The word is a person. He was with God in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He has always existed. Jesus Christ is eternal. And Jesus Christ is God. So think about that then. And the Holy Spirit's working within all that too. And we'll get to him in just a moment as well. But in the beauty of the Trinity... And I can hear minds being stretched. I love it. I love it. But so listen, the father then, the father initiates the plan. 
The plan to do what? The plan of redemption. The plan to bring back humans to himself through his love. The plan is to send his son. The father initiates the plan to send his son, God the son, to earth. So you see, the father plans, directs, and sends. God the father in the Trinity sends God the son to earth. Think now of one of the most familiar verses in scripture, John 3, 16, maybe in a new and fresh way. For God so loved the world that he gave, sent, gave his only son. See that right there, the Trinity in operation. For God the Father loved the world so much that he sent God the Son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Right there we see the Father initiating the plan. The Son then is executing the plan. And how did the Son execute the plan? He comes to redeem us, means he comes to buy us out of slavery and sin. And how does Jesus do that? The Son of God takes on flesh, wow, incarnation. He becomes one of us and he lives a perfect life that he might um, appropriately pay for the punishment of our sins and he finishes this punishment or he, he finishes the work by dying on the cross and completing redemption because he loves us so much. You see, the father sends the son executes and the son's under the father's authority, but then it's the spirit of God who is subject to the father and the son to bring to completion the work that the father initiated, stay with me, and the work that the son of God began. I want to say it again so we get this. A guy named Eric Tonys, he said this, he, he said in a slightly different way, he says, the father created through the son. The father planned redemption and sent the son into the world. The son obeyed the father and accomplished redemption. He saved us. Jesus Christ saved us. But listen, listen. The father did not come to die for our sins. Nor did the Holy Spirit come to die for our sins. That was the role of the son alone. The Father and the Son, though, they both send the Holy Spirit in a new way after Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given to the church. And then what the Holy Spirit is now doing, as I said, the Holy Spirit is now bringing to completion the plan initiated by God the Father and executed by God the Son. And so right now, God the Spirit is bringing to completion, is, is, is growing us in Jesus Christ the things that God set in motion that Jesus Christ came and executed and now in the Spirit of God is putting the pieces of the puzzle together. That is beautiful. That is awesome. That is, that is one God in three persons, all fully God, all equal, but listen, not the same. It's going to pause and let you take some mental notes right now and hopefully hopefully like me like this week when I was just saying stuff like this I was like wow God I really don't fully understand it but I I love you I mean you are awesome that is incredible the beauty found within the community of the trinity within diversity I want to apply the trinity at the end of the message but I just want you to see that I want you to see the unity and the diversity you know under the design of God the unity and the diversity within the trinity we have glimpses of this through creation. Think of the human body. 
Think of the, what seems to be the, an infinite amount of parts if you look closely enough and the intricacies of our bodies working together, so many different aspects, but unified to really produce life. That's awesome. What is that? It's God. I say it's a reflection of the image of the essence of God as nature found within the Trinity. I mean, think about uh, um, um, an, an orchestra coming together in a symphony. So many different instruments and on their own, they might sound, eh, but bring them together and the harmony of the diversity equaling the unity and the beauty that is produced through that music and how it affects our souls. I say to you, that's a representation, no perfect illustration, but it's pointing to us what is uh, an essence seen in God himself, his nature. What sin does, sin though ruins that in our lives. Sin so often comes in and, and, and makes, the, makes the diversity turn into division. But not in the Trinity. In the Trinity, you have unity and diversity, and it's so beautiful. Again, the Trinity functions perfectly in this. Here's a great sentence regarding the Trinity. In the Trinity, we see unity without uniformity. We see unity without you must be exactly as I am and the way that I do it or else I'm going to smoke you, all right? And the Trinity, we also see diversity without division. Unity without uniformity and diversity without division. Think of how hard that is in our world. Think of the other religions in our world that say, if you don't, because they, they say diversity is the enemy. Think of the religion of Islam. It's the diversity that they stand against so much that if you're not exactly like us in the way that it's done, we're actually at times, we're setting up people to force violence upon those who are not like us. And it's the diversity that leads to the division. There's a unity only, though, when we see uniformity, as a dictator says, you must do it my way or no way. But then think of the Christian faith. There is no other religion that has the doctrine of the Trinity even close. Try to stretch your mind just a little bit. Just, just, just look at this room right now. I mean, how many nations are represented in this room right now? Dozens and dozens. How many different people, personalities, and occupations? Hundreds and hundreds. And yet here we are, we are so diverse. And yet we come together and we're not focusing on what nation you came from. We're not focusing on what language you even speak. We're not focusing on what you look like. We're focusing on the fact, do you love the one God existing in three persons that we love? And think of the diversity though and the unity that is found that only I see, only the Christian faith can do. The Christian faith impacting literally the nations. What else can you compare this to? Because it's the one true God who has designed it this way. And his essence is one God and three persons. And there's unity within diversity in the community of the Trinity. Wow. And this is what we are to be like. This is the example. This is what's in us as the Holy Spirit of God wants us to be this way. So these four essential affirmations, I pray in your head and your heart, one God, three persons, fully equal, not identical. Now here's what's something important to point out to you today too. There is no illustration that can do justice to the Trinity. How many people, there's a bunch in the Saturday night, there's like two in the nine. How many people grew up with the illustration of the Trinity of the egg? 
Anyone? Anyone with the egg? Again, like a spattering. Wow, that's interesting. Maybe you're smarter than I am, whatever. I, I grew up with um, illustration. The Trinity is like an egg. And the, re- <laughs> the reason a Trinity is like an egg is that there's one egg, but there's three parts. And so you have one egg, with the shell, you have the white, and you have the yolk. And see, so you're helping children understand in concept, this is what the Trinity is like. But listen, it's not what the Trinity is like. And here's where this breaks down, okay? And there's no illustration you will find. You have one egg, but the problem with this illustration is there's a separate shell, a separate white, and a separate yolk. But if it relates to the Trinity, the white has to be the full egg. And the yolk has to be the full egg, and the shell has to be the full egg. In fact, what you have teaching with the illustration of the egg, you actually have a form of false teaching going on, as we're gonna see in a second, because in the Trinity, there's one God, there are three persons, but they are all God. They are not separate from one another. They are not the same, but they, but they, but they are all fully God. This is where it starts to hurt. This is where it starts to hurt, right? Some people say, well, Trinity's like, um, Trinity's like a tree. Roots and a branch, uh, trunk and, uh, and branches. It's the same problem with the egg, though. The branches are different from the roots. They are not equal. They are separate in that way. The Trinity, one God, three persons, all must be fully God. Like, okay, now I got one, now I got one. How about a man, one man who has uh, three roles. He is a father, he is a husband, and he is an elder of a church. That's a good one, right? Well, no, it's not. And why? And why? Let's think about that. You have one person functioning in three different roles. That's not the Trinity. The Trinity is one God in three persons. There must be three distinct persons that all equal the same totality of being fully God. Ouch. All right. But this is where it becomes so mind-blowing and so beautiful. Uh, There is no illustration that can fully do justice to the reality of the doctrine of the Trinity. And the reason I bring those up to you is because I want you to see the danger in people attempting to understand the doctrine. They can end up teaching that which is false and then whether intentionally or not intentionally undermine the whole Christian faith. This is what leads us to point number two then. I must seek to defend the Trinity. I must seek to defend the mystery of the Trinity. But a couple weeks ago in the round table, we, we, we discussed hills to die on. And we call them, these are the absolutes of the Christian faith. And we had a bullseye, or it's in a picture of a bullseye. At the center of a bullseye, we're calling it absolutes. These are the hills to die on. An absolute is, if you take this doctrine away from the Christian faith, there is no Christian faith. That's the inner circle. And the, the next ring is what we call convictions. And we might have strong convictions in certain aspects of biblical teaching, but what we're saying about those convictions, though, is that we're not going to die on that hill in a sense of we're not saying that someone who doesn't hold our convictions is not a Christian. Someone who doesn't hold to an absolute is not a Christian because they are denying fundamentally the gospel. But beyond the absolutes and the conviction, then there's preferences, And that's a wider circle. And the preferences are things that we just would choose, like a music style in church. What what, what drives me crazy is when people are dying on hills of preferences. I will leave this church if there's not an organ. Really? Like, really? I remember something came up to me, right? I'm 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 not dismissing that some people feel strongly about this issue. But several years ago, someone came up to me and they said, Pastor, what's your position on Halloween? And I knew at that moment, if I answered according to their liking, they would stay. If I answered, if I didn't what they, they would leave the church. And I said, you're telling me you're gonna leave this church over my position on this issue? Really? I'm respecting what's going on in different camps and I can see either side to this. But if you're gonna die on that hill, 
I'm not trying to offend. I'm just saying, these are examples. And I go on about this a little bit. I want our church to die in the hills Jesus is dying on. It's not disrespecting convictions you might hold, but it's saying, operate with wisdom. Do not break relationships over things that Jesus said, you can go in the hill. I'm not, I'm staying right here. You know, um, I just be, be wise. And, and I'm resolved to not waste my life on issues that ultimately are not fundamentally most important to the things that matter. You hear what I'm saying? I pray you do hear what I'm saying. The Trinity is a hill to die on. The Trinity is a doctrine that if you take it away, you lose the Christian faith. So here are some false views. Here are some heretical teachings um, on the Trinity. The first one is called this. We touched on this a little bit. This is called tritheism. And tritheism, again, is the belief that there are three gods. They deny one God. So they deny then monotheism, which is the very basis for our faith. Tritheism, this is what happens. Tritheism happens when distinctions made between the persons of the Trinity get so overemphasized that they become uh, one God in of themselves. You have three gods. So God the Father's a God, God the Son's a God, and God the Holy Spirit becomes a separate God. Think about the problems and the issues with, with, with tritheism. I got a father hat here and uh, the son hat here in the middle. And, and, and um, can I bore you two guys for a second? Is that okay? Do you mind? Come on up. Thanks. Thanks. Here, just grab the, you, you can be spirit. You can be the son. All right. Congratulations. Okay. Amen. And uh, I'll be the father. Okay. So, so what happens is, is that they, 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 they th- thanks guys for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> tritheism then says, no, there's not one God. There's three separate gods. So I become a God, you become a God, and you become a God. Here's the problem with tritheism though i never get to wear hats in church is this is just saying is is at what point though like who do i worship do i worship like is is should should the father be worshiped is he better than the son um are they ever going to start competing with one another how do we know there's really unity here uh because there are three separate gods see the whole blessing of the trinity is that the perfect unity within the diversity but here we see diversity but is there really unity i mean like if i if i give extra attention to the holy spirit is god the father upset with me Am I neglecting him? You see where this is going. It's not in the Bible. It's a false teaching. It just helps illustrate just in part. Thank you. Look good. Thank you. You guys just cheer them on a little bit. Is that okay? Amen. Thank you. And we do that for our visual learners, hopefully helpful in some sense, right? Tritheism, though, doesn't work. It's, it's, it's not in the scripture. It is, is, is detrimental uh, to the Christian faith. Here's the second false teaching. It's called modalism. Modalism is the heretical teaching that holds that God is not really three distinct persons, but only one person, listen carefully, only one person who appears to people in different modes or different manifestations at different times. Okay, so you get it? So, so what modalism does it denies the three persons, says there's only one God, but, but he, he then manifests himself in three different modes or three different manifestations. Um, that's a problem. So for instance, um, one God, he puts on the father hat, well, then it's time to be done with the Father. You got to be the Son. So you got to put that hat down. You got to put it now. It's time to put God the Son hat. What do you do when you get to Matthew chapter three in the baptism of Jesus? 
Hey, Living the Light listeners, listen, you've heard of Black Friday. You've probably heard of Cyber Monday. But have you heard of Giving Tuesday? That's a time, again, for people who are fired up about ministries like Living the Light to give on Tuesday, November 29th to, again, ministries like ours to see the gospel continue to go forward and lives to be changed through the revelation of God's truth. Did you know that we are kept on the air on this station 100% by generous donors like yourselves? It's so true. We are dependent on you and the support and prayer, again, of our listeners to continue to see these messages go out and we pray reach so many people again for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this year we're excited to say we had a special donor step up and they are willing again to match gifts up to $25,000. They're going to match again all donations up to that amount towards living the light in this giving season. So hey, maybe right now you you would consider being used of the Lord to uh, see how you can be used to give generously, to live in the light that will continue to reach people again a donor is going to match up to $25,000 we're so thankful for that donor and thankful for you for considering being used in this way at this time to see light shine in the darkness and to see those again without hope to find the hope that is found in Jesus Christ bless you all for prayerfully considering such things I'm Craig Turnbull and on behalf of Robbie Simons we invite you to join us again next time on live in the light